Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. It's been one week since we lived by presence, bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. And speaking of presence, you are not present in the studio with me. No, I am not. And I'll explain that in just a moment. But first, it's time to play that by the book mini-sode music. Yay! That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by presence, bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges by Amy Cuddy. And before we get to listener mail, we have to talk about your current lack of presence, Kristen. <laughs> uh, you're right. I am not there with you in our little studio. I'm actually on the South Island of New Zealand right now. What? And it's tomorrow. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, it is tomorrow. Is it a good you day are- tomorrow? Oh my gosh, the weather's fantastic. It's in the 50s. It's a wonderful winter day. We're going to barbecue. Oh my gosh, it's winter Uh, there. I forgot that. Oh yeah, you're going to love tomorrow. You're going to wear tights and a cute little sweater and you're going to barbecue and you're going to have a great time tomorrow. It won't be a disgusting, hot, like sweaty city that smells like garbage. Yes, that's right. I am so jealous. But enough, enough about your trip that I am very jealous of. Let's get down to business. Let's talk about presence and let's get to some listener mail. Uh, We've received so many thoughtful responses, including a few from people who have found power posing to be beneficial. So let's start with them. Yes, let's start with Louise. Louise had this to say. When I was being abused, power posing was one way I kept my self-identity during my devastating marriage to an angry and controlling man. 
One of the self-help books I read at the time had a section about how taking up space with your body was a powerful way to connect with your own personal power. When I found myself feeling crushed or panicked emotionally, it was incredibly useful to myself to open my chest and put my arms out, usually on my head and sometimes on my hips, and just feel the vulnerability and the strength and calm myself down. I think this exercise would not have worked if I wasn't already on the way up and out. I was getting better and keeping myself safe, and I was starting to feel like I had options and backup, like a therapist and friends. I think if someone is still feeling trapped and hopeless, though, power posing might feel futile. It was a useful tool in my toolkit that helped me remain sane and claw back my mental health. Wow, what an incredible story, Louise. Thank you so much for sharing that. I am trying not to cry right now, but... I mean, Louise, whatever it takes to get out. And I mean, kudos to you for taking care of yourself, for getting all the resources you needed to help yourself get to a safer, saner place. And take up all the friggin' space you want because you deserve it. Absolutely. Uh, Here is another letter about power posing we got from Victoria. She says, when my choreographer and I were creating my current skating program, we drew on the idea of power poses a bit. It was a way to kind of trick me into feeling confident. I get nervous AF when skating in front of judges, and it helped us tell the story of our hero, starting in a powerful position to basically curled up in a ball. It also definitely helped the last time I skated in front of a judge who I already knew. Ooh, Ooh, I like that for, for like performances or, you know ice skating events. I'm assuming it's ice skating, Victoria. Or roller skating, whatever kind of skating it is. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, maybe I should pose before I do stand-up sets and not hunch over in a ball over the mic. Well, I think what Victoria is saying is you should actually do it while you're on stage. So while you're oh, delivering some yeah. of your story, work that into your choreography like her choreographer did. So maybe you're telling a story about your dad watching porno on Netflix. <clears throat> Sorry, spoiler for those who don't know the story uh, already. It's HBO Go, but keep going. <laughs> and maybe during that portion of the story, you can have your hands on your hips like Wonder Woman oh, for ultimate yeah. confidence. Just all the yeah. power while talking about softcore porn. Yes, yes. Let's move on to this letter from Karen. Oh, yes. Karen says, Jolenta, I just tried the Wonder Woman in front of my dog. My mind is blown. My dog that barks incessantly while my child clumsily gets his food out just sat quietly. Oh, my gosh. I might need to try this on the kid next. Whoa. Yes. Just like you and Frank, Jolenta. They just really like respond Frank. to your body language. It is true. Like, they wow. are little animals that read our body language. And if you look big and in charge, they're like, oh, I'll be quiet. Wow. You know, you're the pack leader and I you're am. showing how big big of a pack leader you are yeah i'm like frank i am six feet tall and you are like a foot tall and how is it that you run this household <laughs> i mean what <laughs> i think that's true of all dogs and children yeah and probably cats they're too. just Maybe all even cats so, more so cute oh cats like run my life and i don't even have one <laughs> all right let's get to some folks who maybe are not 100% on board with the book presence. Stephanie wrote, I picked it up from my library and OMG, the introduction. The author more or less starts with, oh, I was at this restaurant and the server came up to me and was like, OMG, you changed my life forever. And I'm like, OMG, I'm going to cry because, oh my God, I am so great. Yeah. And me, that's me, the writer, Stephanie, again, I'm just like, no. 
way to turn me off in the first few pages. I might continue the book. I might not. To be honest, the idea of the book and developing one's presence is something I could get behind. But wow, that introduction was super off-putting to me. Yeah. A lot I, a lot I mean, of our books start with like, and everyone whose lives I've changed is like, oh my God, you're my guru. And yeah, you that know seems how we to feel be about that. super common. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. It's like so a total common. trope of the industry about like the introduction is all about how mind blowing you are. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it's funny because sometimes we just block it out because we're so used to it now. <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. Like it's part of literally almost every book. I can't think of one that blatantly doesn't have that right now. Uh, no, I can't think of one either. I mean, what to say when you talk to yourself? I don't think he does that, does he? No, Shad I don't think so. I don't think so. But most so. of them do. Yeah. Um, Jolanta, we definitely need to get to this subject. Amy Cuddy's research and all the controversy around it. Oh, yeah. Heather started the conversation saying, I actually Googled her and came across a lot of pages that had studies that disproved or could not duplicate her research. And second in that by saying, pretty much all the authors on the original study have retracted it, except Amy Cuddy. It was a case study in one of my research ethics classes. And several listeners sent links to articles in Slate, The New York Times, The Cut, and dozens of other publications that pretty much just discredited Amy Cuddy. Yeah, but Cassandra chimed in on Facebook to say this. The hormone part is what wasn't replicable, so it wasn't the whole study. In my opinion, the backlash against Amy Cuddy is from a lot of men who resent her getting fame, so they try to take down a female researcher. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's a tough call. It's a tough call. We got lots of yeah. listeners writing in about, you know, all of the self-reported feelings of power rose in all the studies and people being like, psychology is considered a soft science anyway, so it's just hard to prove and replicate in general. Yeah. It's a murky subject and and it makes it clearer why she would work so hard to sort of overprove her point in the book. Yeah. And she worked very hard to do that, but as you and I both noted in the episode when we were living by the book, that also made it a little bit of a difficult read, yeah. a little bit less self-helpy and a little bit more like this is academic research. And I'm just going to cram it down your throat until <laughs> chapter 9. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll discuss my competence and Jolenta's horrible high school asshole gym teacher. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. All right, guys, we are back and we are diving back into the listener mail with some letters about my competence. Oh, yes. Megan wrote to say, I kind of felt upset about the way that describing yourself as competent was treated in this episode. It is definitely a word that I would apply to myself, and I find it very positive. I can handle whatever is thrown at me. I can do most things that I need to do well enough and then move on. 
I have made a conscious choice in my life not to strive to be exceptional. For me, that means less stress and more happiness. If my partner responded to me the way Dean spoke to Kristen about describing herself as competent, I would cry. To me, that word describes a core value and attribute, and I don't think it's denigrating myself at all. Oh, that's that, super I interesting. I think this is such an interesting point of view because I do think that a lot of our culture focuses on uh, be perfect, try harder, push yourself further. Why aren't you taking yourself to the next level? And sometimes that doesn't make us happier. A lot yeah, of times yeah. it doesn't make us happier. And I totally understand where Meg is coming from here because, you know, one thing that I absolutely love, as you know, Jolenta, I used to be a nanny in my younger mm, years. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan of what was called good enough parenting when yeah. I was a nanny. It's like, I don't need to actually spend 45 minutes a day on memory problems, then two hours a day doing, you know, something with math and then have the kids help me with A, B, and C. It's like, maybe it's fine if the kids are less than perfect and it's okay that I, as a nanny, I'm less than perfect and I'm trying to mostly just teach them how to be creative thinkers and how to be happy and how to be problem solvers. But it wasn't my job to be a perfect stand-in parent and it wasn't their job to be perfect kids because I don't think that would have made them happy. So Mm -hmm. I, I think in some cases things like that are competent or good enough, that they're fine. And obviously, I use the word competent to describe myself. You love that word. Well, you know, (laughs) that makes me think of of something my therapist has said, which is perfect is the enemy of good. Enemy of the good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Or just the enemy of, like, getting shit done. Yeah. Better to do it and do it maybe 80% well than to be so focused on perfectionism that you don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But we heard from the other side of the coin when Dana wrote to us because she said, on the subject of being competent, I hate when people say they have a working knowledge of something that they are clearly experts in. Come on, you know more than the bare minimum. Way to go, Dean. Don't say that you merely meet the bare minimum when you are clearly exceptional. Down with competent. Wow. (laughs) And you know, someone else commented on that post in the Facebook group and they pointed out that there are basically two definitions of competent. And the first one is having the necessary ability, knowledge, or skill to do something successfully. So that's super positive. But the second one is acceptable and satisfactory, though not outstanding. So I it, like I just feel like it depends on like the usage you grow up with or something. Because Dean and I clearly have the same view of it. Like it means you can get it done, but like it's not great. And like if one of your employer like if I were about to hire Kristen and one of her former employers are like "Eh, she's competent I'd be like oh (laughs) like she gets it done but it may not be the best version of it or like a good version like I don't know like it's all right it's not outstanding but it's done but the other one is like it's done successfully so I don't know now I'm very confused yeah when you're looking for a new employee you don't look for competent Mm -hmm. that's like right up there with prompt as far as like, yeah. what are your outstanding skills? Well, the skills include being competent and prompt. Like, no, nope. that's gibberish for like your middle of the road. All right. Enough about my competence. Jolenta, let's talk about a very serious subject that struck a chord with a lot of our listeners. And that's the story of how you have had to struggle for so much of your life with your self-image and how you were able to pinpoint it as coming in large part from your high school gym teacher who spent four years sexually harassing you. And this is what Ginger had to say. 
Jolenta, thank you so much for sharing your story. I bet there are a lot of people that have been carrying around crap like that for so long and they've never even stopped to think about where it came from. It's just a part of them now. Identifying the source of negative ideas, thoughts, and feelings is often helpful in rooting them out. Yes, snaps to Ginger. It's so true. Yeah, things that I thought were just a fact turns out were like some creeper's bias. Like, it's been a huge, huge step forward for me. Um, I loved what Sarah wrote to us. She said, as a teacher... And also, just as a decent human being, I can't even fathom doing those things to a child. What a dick. Unfortunately, being a teacher doesn't automatically make you nice to people. Oh, Sarah. It's it's true and a bummer, but we have to remember educators are people. Like, we're all flawed. And just because you put all of your trust in them and you tell your kids to listen to them, look out for the signs of like, wait, this one you don't need to listen to or this one we're going to complain about together. Um, And it's just nice to hear from a teacher who's also a decent human being. Yes, we love you, Sarah. You give me hope, Sarah. (laughs) Hats off to you and all other great teachers like you, Sarah. Um, And Jennifer had this to say, Jolenta and Kristen, you are one of the reasons I called out my harasser. The story Jolenta told on the most recent episode confirmed that what I did was more than just me. He has harassed a lot of people. It's so scary. It's scary to fill out the HR form and have the talks. It's scary to write that article. You constantly think, why am I doing this? And you're torn. Reliving stuff sucks. If you're in a moment where you want to say something because you saw something even months or years ago, do it. It'll suck, but it's worth it. Wonder Women. Oh, Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes, yes. Oh, thank God. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm Um, so proud of you, Jennifer. Also, Jolent, I have to say, I am... So proud of you. Anybody who has not already seen the article that Jolenta wrote that she tweeted out, please look it up. Jolenta, where can they find it? Uh, It's in the Portland Tribune. There's sort of an investigative report that was written by a wonderful reporter named Shasta Kearns Moore. Um, So she wrote sort of a big, like a bigger article about it. And uh, I wrote an opinion piece. And uh, there's also a statement from the school and my health teacher. It is so good. It is so brave. And I mean, I I can't, you know, speak to your experience, Jolenta. That's your story. But um, I can say this, that back when we were living by why good things happen to good people and the step called bravery, where I also spoke out against mm, my mm-hmm. sexual harasser, I have to say that it, while I was working with the journalist on that, I was not scared at all. But as soon as it came yeah. out, I was terrified. Yeah, that's, I was, a, that's a really hard part. Yeah, kind of don't think about when you're like, I'm going to tell my fucking story, you know? And yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, it's out. And there are trolls saying, like, I'm trying to ruin a guy's career for no reason. And it's like, no, I just want people to know, like, harassment comes in a lot of different forms. Yeah. And one thing that I just love, and I, I wish I knew who originally said this, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. When you are going public with a story about sexual harassment, when you are naming names and pointing fingers and sharing your story, it feels like you're about to jump off of a cliff. Mm. But then you realize there was never a cliff there in the first place and there are a million people there to catch you. And that's how I feel about our listeners. Our listeners, all of you guys are so loving and so supportive. And Jolenta and I, I I mean... I feel very lucky. 
I feel so lucky. I feel that we're so lucky. And I don't even know if you and I would have done all the things we've done to speak out on our own behalf. Oh, no, I don't if know. Not for, if not for our listeners and yeah. if not for the show. So yeah. huge thanks to all of our listeners. And Jolenta, again, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. You are my superhero. You mm, are a wonderful. Stop, you're my hero. Yay, Shiro. 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 Yay. <laughs> yeah. I want to add something really quickly, if I may. I also have been hearing from a lot of people who I knew and who I have never met uh, who went to my school who who shared similar experiences with me. So just it's nice to know you're not alone and there are people you've never really met who, who believe you and support you. So, like, thank you. It makes me feel so much less crazy. Ugh. You deserve it, Jolenta. You deserve it. You are not crazy. Yay. You are a wonder woman. You are. You are. Let's take a wonder break, shall we? <laughs> wonder break. <laughs> it's what one it's the kind of break that wonder women take. Yeah, that's just like chilling out in our invisible plane. Yeah. You know, exactly. Playing with our lassos. We have t shirts on that say we're bit. not crazy and we take a wonder break. Yes, let's take a wonder break. And when we come back, we'll answer a couple questions and as always, we will announce next week's book. So Woo-hoo. stick around. All right, we're back and we have a question, a question about presence. Yes, this is from Janine. Janine says, for those who have read Presence, does it address at all those with non-normative bodies who may be unable to perform typical power poses or who may have insecurities exacerbated by them? Asking out of genuine curiosity, this is not a preemptive critique. Janine, this is such a good Mm -hmm. question. So good. It is such a good question. And I think that, you know, Jolenta, you and I, I would argue, I mean, me for sure, I don't, I shouldn't speak for you, but mm-hmm. I know I have blind spots in this area. Totally. I'll, yeah. I'll read books and I'll frequently not think about this at all. And um, I, as far as I remember in presence, I think that, am I wrong? I don't think she talks about. No, I don't think um, she does either. I mean, I know she talks about certain exercises you can do with your mind where you can even just close your eyes and imagine yourself yourself. standing in a powerful pose or like how to do it sitting like maybe you have trouble standing up but she doesn't say maybe you have trouble standing up she's just like oh you can do this sitting way yeah Yeah, she doesn't directly address it which is odd because it's such a physical book it's a book about so much physicality you'd think she'd be like if you're not you know up, mm. up to standing all the time, especially considering, like, wasn't she, you know, in a horrible accident? Like, she probably couldn't stand right away. Yeah. I mean, that accident was horrible. But, hmm. Yeah, that is such a good point. And it really makes me think that I need to just pay more attention to that in all of the books that we're reading. Yeah. Is it, we in, love calling is that out a- privilege and racism, but <laughs> we are not thinking about bodies as much. Yeah, and we're very lucky that our bodies, for yes. the most part, work the way we want them to. Super so, lucky. Um, Janine, thank you so much for pointing that out, and we're definitely going to keep that in mind going forward. Totally. Uh, one last listener letter. We got a funny story from Laura. She says, I tried reading this book and couldn't. 
ugh. However, a funny story is that I listened to the podcast on my way into work. When I arrived, I was teaching 22 police officers, and I found myself unintentionally standing in a power pose in front of them all. I blame you, Kristen Angelenta. LOL. XXX. <laughs> that is funny. I will accept the blame, and I don't know what you were teaching those police officers, but I, I hope it was something good. Maybe and... you're just so naturally powerful, like you just pose without noticing, Laura. I blame oh, you. <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. yes, that's right. Deflect and throw it back at her. <laughs> but it's a. It's it's not. I'm not deflecting something bad. It's just that she's powerful, just on her own. You are powerful. Yes. All of us are more powerful than we realize, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, huge thanks to everyone who wrote in this week. The responses were so amazing. I just, I, I cried reading some of oh, the responses. Me too. To yeah. you, Joe Lenta. Oh, I yeah. Mean, the second you... the episode came out, I was just on Facebook being like, everyone's beautiful. Why are people mean to each other? Like, why can't we just all be nice? Like, oh. like this Facebook community. <laughs> they were so great. You guys are always so great. So please continue to keep the conversation going on our Facebook community. Uh, also, write us, call us, do all the things. But before we remind you how to do that, it's, it's magic time. time. It's time. Yeah. It's time when we introduce next week's book. Next week's book is The Nature Fix, Why Nature Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Creative by Florence Williams. Will nature fix us? Will it make us more creative? If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? And will that sound make us happier? <laughs> Listen next week to find out. Reminder, you can reach us at 505-510-BOOK if you want to leave us a voicemail. Or you can write to us at buythebook at panoply.fm. Yes, and definitely follow us on Twitter. Jolenta is at Jolenta G. I'm at Kristen Meinzer. And we also have a show Twitter at By the Book Pod. Thanks to our producer and honorary Wonder Woman, the great Cameron Drews. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer from the other side of the world. She's upside down, people, flushing toilets the wrong way. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, honey. Love you. Do you want to bring back a pie? Mm. I want a breakfast yes, pie, please. please. That'd be great. Dean. Yes. Dean's bringing back us all back bacon and egg pies. Oh, I want that. Do you guys want one? Yeah, yes, he, he's bringing some of them for you, too. They'll he's keep on the guys. plane and for a week, right? <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.